0: Well, turn in your Bible this morning to the book of Hebrews, chapter 7. Lord, as we come into your presence today, we thank you that your anointing removes every burden and destroys every yoke. Lord, that confusion goes, and Lord, light comes. And Lord, with that light, in your light we see light. And we'll know exactly which way to go. Thank you, Lord. We receive direction even now. Strength for the t- today. Faith for today. Victory for today. And we thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Hebrews 7, and look in verse number 25. Well, we might as well go back to 22. By so much was Jesus made a surety of a better testament. And they truly were many priests because they were not suffered to continue by reason of death. But this man, because he continues ever, hath an unchangeable priesthood. Wherefore he is able also to save them to the uttermost that come unto God by him. Seeing he ever liveth to make intercession for them. Now, who's he talking about there? He's talking about Jesus, the Son of God. He says, wherefore, he is able also to save them to the uttermost. Now, the margin says, or evermore. He's able to save them that, to the uttermost that come unto God by him. I mean, remember, Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and life. No man comes into the Father but by me. So he's able to save them that come unto God by him, seeing that he ever liveth to make intercession for them. What is Jesus doing right now? Do you know that Jesus, right now as we speak, he has a a heavenly ministry. We call it the present-day ministry of Jesus Christ. You know, Jesus is not just sitting playing chess with the Father. You know, we're just sitting and just having a, a little chat. Jesus is actually, um, that we use that word intercession to think of prayer a lot, but it's actually a legal term. It means he's standing in the gap. He took our place. Jesus ever lives to make intercession, to stand in the gap for us. Hallelujah. For such a high priest became us who is holy, harmless, undefiled, separate from sinners, and made higher than the heavens who needeth not daily as those high priests to offer up sacrifice, first for his own sins and then for the people's. For this he did once, when he offered up himself. For the law maketh men high priests which have infirmity, but the word of the oath which was since the law maketh the son who is consecrated forevermore. When you think of of God the Father, I think of many different characteristics of his nature who he is, we think about the love of God, we think about um, authority, we think about, we think about Jesus on the, as the Son of God, walking this earth as a, as a mortal. We see many different things of his deity. Now, deity talks about him being God. But you know, Jesus was the perfect, what we call the God-man. Jesus was 100% God. As he walked the earth, but he was also 100% man. Do you know when Jesus, when, when he walked the earth, he didn't walk as the son of God in his ministry. He walked as a man anointed by the Holy Spirit. Actually with no unfair advantage over us. People say, well, you know, you're just trying to be like Jesus. Well, isn't that the, the goal? <laughs> you're, you're just trying to be like, well, you're one of those Jesusites. All the way. I want to be just like him. I want to be Christ. The Bible says we are the body of Christ. Christ is the anointed one to his anointing. We are little Christ. Now, I'm not, I'm not divine. We're not like that. I'm not talking about that. But we are the body of Christ. We should look like a chip off the block. You know, when you see kids, what do you say? You know, the fruit didn't fall far from the tree. Isn't that what you say? Why? Because they're they're going to be just like their parents to a great extent. But when I think about uh, Jesus from this verse, I think about one thing above everything. And it's this, this word mercy. You could also use the word compassion. How many know that Jesus ministered out of compassion? Compassion. And so I want to share this morning about mercy, the greatest attribute attribute sorry of deity. The greatest attribute of deity. And so Jesus, as we are sitting here today, as He's at the right hand of the Father God. But the Bible says that we are seated with Him in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Far above... All principality and power, might and dominion, every name that is named. So that's why the Bible says that when he raised Jesus from the dead, it was the mightiest act of power. Because not only was he raising Christ from the dead, he raised all those that would believe in him. Raised us up together. That's why the Bible talks, if you read, it's pretty interesting. The Bible talks about when Jesus cast out spirits, he cast them out with the finger of God. I mean, just think about, like, my brother and I used to play paper football. And you, you thump that thing all the way to the end of the, of the hallway. You know, you just, like that. You, you hold up the, the, the goal post like this. And, and uh, no, I made that. You know, you no, know, you, you hooked it left, you know. Well, when Jesus cast out spirits, he said he cast them out by the finger. Of God, I, I can just see Jesus just thumping a devil, like, like that. But when, when he raised Jesus from the dead... Isaiah said that he, he did that with his uh, mighty arm. Jesus had to, um, God the Father had to flex his forearm a little bit because of the power of God. <clears throat> but the Bible tells us that he's there right now and he's able to save to the uttermost those that come to him seeing that he ever lives to make intercession for them. So I'm excited about that today because I'm going to make it. Say this, I'm going to make it. You know why? Because Jesus is there interceding for me. Yeah. I've got help in heaven and I've got help on the earth through the power of the Holy Spirit. Amen. If I, If I don't make it, it's only because I quit. Mm-hmm. Hallelujah. I'm not going to quit. I cannot be defeated and I will not quit. Psalm 89 verse 1 says, I will sing of the mercies of the Lord forever. With my mouth will I make known thy faithfulness to all generations. So I will sing of the mercies of the Lord forever. I want you to look over at 2 Corinthians 1. 2 Corinthians 1. See, the devil lies to people and says, well, you know, you've missed it. Who of us has not missed it? If you never missed it, just raise your hand. We've all missed it, but he holds that over people and said, and, and tries to f- make people forfeit what God wants to do in their life. But I want you to notice what Second Corinthians one verse three, verse two says: "Grace be unto you and from God our Father, and peace, from God our Father and from the Lord Jesus Christ." Blessed be God, even the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies. So what, is, what does Paul say in this prayer? He says that, that God the Father is the Father of mercies and the God of all comfort, who comforts us in all our tribulation that we may be able to comfort them which are in any trouble. See, that's why God helps us. We can help other people. When, when, when we are delivered from situations, we're able to help other people and help them to get out of those situations. He says, by the comfort we're with, we ourselves are comforted of God. For as the sufferings of Christ abound in us, so our consolation also aboundeth by Christ. But notice again, he says that God is the father of mercies. Notice that's plural. So all through the New Testament, we see mercy and compassion go hand in hand. Matthew 9.36 says this, But when he saw the multitude, he was moved with compassion on them because they fainted and were scattered abroad as sheep having no shepherd. Now, you know, just I want you to look at this, this passage. Jesus saw the multitudes and he was moved with compassion. See, compassion will move you. Compassion will move you. You know, I was thinking, even as I just said that, John G. Lake, when he was in um, Johannesburg, he was ministering to this one, um, this lady, she was part of a, like a government leader wife. And she, um, she had had cancer. And so she got to the point where she just, it really wasn't helping much. She said, I'm just going to throw myself on the mercy of God. She wasn't even taking any painkiller. And as long as Lake was and um, his team would pray for her, she'd be relieved of the pain. So one night after he had stayed up all night, he went home. And he said, I'm just going to go refresh myself, go take a shower, get something to eat, come back. Lake, he did that. He kept, came back. When he was two blocks away from the house, he heard that dear lady screaming in pain. And he said, he said, something got a hold of me. He said, this divine compassion got a hold of me. He said, in the last two blocks, he said, I ran, I ran, I ran in there and grabbed that dear lady who had wasted away to nothing, grabbed her and put her in my arms. And and when I started and started weeping, and as I began to weep, she was completely healed. Somehow or another, the compassion of Jesus, th- that compassion just got permeated his spirit and, and got permeated to her. See, there's healing in the love of God. There's healing in the mercy of God. There's healing in the presence of God. See, that's what the, the presence of God is, is actual peace. There, there's healing in, in Peace. When you can have the peace of God. And and you know. The Bible says. We which believe. Do enter into rest. We have to get to a place. Where we when we believe. There's a place you enter in. It's a place of peace. And quiet content. No more struggle. And no more pain. You entered into the rest of God. You know. where, Where we're not just striving all the time. Oh, I got to get this. I got to receive this. You can just press into his presence and just receive. (laughs) Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. So he saw the multitudes. He was moved with compassion because they were fainted and were scattered abroad as sheep having no shepherd. Notice it wasn't they had no prophet. Everybody has their personal prophet nowadays. It wasn't, and I'm not, I'm not putting down the office of the prophet. That is a, a, a true ministry gift in the church. But Jesus said, it, Jesus saw that they were sheep having no shepherd. Every person, prophet include, needs a shepherd. People need a church. Well, you know, I'm, I'm beyond that now. You know, I, I've got my... Um, you know, I've got my, um, I, I was talking to someone, encouraging them to come to church. Because they, they told me months ago, they said, hey, I'm, I'm going to come to your church. I said, okay. Finally, I held them to it. I said, hey, um, I noticed you haven't been to church yet. Oh, yeah, you know, I watch, I watch church in California. and, and I said, well, I'm, I'm sure they record that, and it's probably archived. You could still come to church. Why? Because when, when you have trouble, that person is not going to help you. You know, you can call the hotline, but they may not show up at your house. You need people that are right here with you. People that are pray with you. People that to help you out when you're in your time of need. Thank you, Lord. But I want you to turn over to Psalm 136. I believe that we need to have faith in the mercy of God. Now, as a believer, I do not presume upon the mercy of God. What does that mean? That means I don't just look to go sin and just, you know, 1 John 1. 1.9 it. That's not having a respect for the blood of Jesus. But when you've missed it, when you've made a mistake, if you, if you sincerely repent, the Bible says, if we confess our sins, He's faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. But Psalm 136 Now see, you think this is just something Pastor Will says, but look at what the, the verse says. Oh, give thanks unto the Lord, for he is good, for his mercy endureth forever. Oh, give thanks unto the God of gods, for his mercy endureth forever. Oh, give thanks to the Lord of lords, for his mercy endures forever. To him who alone doeth great wonders, for his mercy endures forever. To him that by wisdom made the heavens, for his mercy endures forever. To him that stretched out the earth above the waters, for his mercy endures forever. To him that made great lights, for his mercy endures forever. The sun to rule by day, for his mercy endures forever. The moon and stars to rule by night, for his mercy endures forever. To him that smote Egypt in their firstborn, for his mercy endures forever. And brought out Israel from among them, for his mercy endures forever. Now you can keep reading this whole thing, but you know, he could have just said, his mercy endures forever at the end. But every verse. <coughs> verse 18. And slew famous kings, for his mercy endures forever. Sihon, king of the Amorites, for his mercy endures forever. And Og, the king of Bashan, for his mercy endures forever. And gave their land for an, a heritage, for his mercy endures forever. Even an heritage unto Israel, his servant, for his mercy endures forever. Who remembered us in our lowest state. For his mercy endures forever. And hath redeemed us from our enemies. For his mercy endures forever. Who gives food to all flesh. For his mercy endures forever. Oh, give thanks unto the God of heaven. For his mercy endures forever. Hallelujah. So sometimes you just need to say that. Lord, I just thank you right now. Your mercy endures forever. I don't know everything, but Lord, your mercy endures forever. Thank you for working on my behalf, even when I I don't even know what the next step is. Your mercy endures forever. So we see mercy all throughout the Bible, all through the work of God's hands. But I just want to give three different examples here. Number one, in salvation. Do you know there's a even as maybe you've experienced this too, if you've ever talked to someone and asked them, do you know for sure you'd go to heaven? The, the answers you'll get are very interesting, aren't they? Now, I know, uh, I'm a, I know my, my son and, and Liam and Cruz, they were uh, praying for some people. Um, last year, they just decided they were going to go pray for people. And um, they went to one person. They said, do you know for sure you'd go to heaven? Well, yes. Why is that? Well, you know, I help four, four-legged dogs. Or two-legged. Oh, I guess if they're two, three, or four. You know, there shouldn't be a difference, I guess. No, you know, God's no respecter of persons. He'll help the two, the three, and the four. I mean, you no. Know, I mean, the the threes they get around pretty good. A couple years ago, I was working and I got bit by a three-legged dog, and um, it was kind of humiliating a little bit, actually. And uh, so I was I was working and I was helping another guy out. And I said, "Hey, uh, man, I got I got tore up. I was up in Dunn Center. This dog came around." Oh, you mean the one with three legs? And I was like, what? And that just kind of like, that was like adding insult to injury. <laughs> when you find out the because, you know, it's usually the big dogs, they're okay. You know, they're big and f- look ferocious, but the little yappy doodles that come w- running around, ankle bites, yeah. And, you know, I had blood and everything just trickling down my leg and um, about wanted to punt it like 60 yards in the air. But it was already gone, so I couldn't do anything. <laughs> so, always watch your steps. Where was I when I said that? What's that? Oh, yes. So I want you to look over in Titus chapter three. <clears throat> but you know, people do. They they put a lot of trust in a lot of different things. Well, you know, I'm a good person. Well, you know, I help people. Well, you know, I I I, I send five dollars to the Animal Foundation. Thank God for all the different things people do. But those things are not a basis for salvation. I go to church. Well, the devil never misses a Sunday. He's always there. It's, it's like Norval Hayes said, well, Brother Norval, people would tell him, Brother Norval, I, am, I love the Lord and I go to church. He said, bluebirds love the Lord and rats go to church. But what's that have to do with anything? But people have all kinds of, see, I, and I know my background. I don't know what I would have said if someone asked me. I never got that question, probably until I was 15 years old, if I would go to heaven. And um, I really don't remember people challenging me with the gospel. I just remember people coming up and start prophesying to me, and I thought, oh, that, one step at a time, you know. They, they just go right for the kill, you know, go right for the jugular. But thank God, you know, that, that God put people in my life to where I heard the salvation message. Amen. And when I was 18 years old, I surrendered my life to the Lord. But a lot of people are trusting in different things. Look at Titus chapter 2 or, or chapter 3 says. He says in verse 5, not by works of righteousness, which we have done, but according to his mercy, he saved us. So, so how are we saved? It's by the mercy of God. The Bible says, by grace through faith. For you're saved by grace through faith. And he says, according to his mercy, he saved us by the washing of regeneration and renewing of the Holy Ghost. Which he shed on us abundantly through Jesus Christ, our Savior. That being justified by his grace, we should be made heirs according to the hope of eternal life. So we know it's, it's by the mercy of God. So any time that you receive from God, it starts with salvation. It's by the mercy of God. How many know it's the mercy of God that we're saved? It's the mercy of God. It's the compassion of Jesus Christ that we can even come to the knowledge of knowing that my sins are forgiven. Thank you, Lord. And then, so number one, it's in salvation. Number two, we see this all throughout the New Testament in healing. In healing. I want you to look at Mark chapter 10. Mark chapter 10. in verse 46. And they came to Jericho. And as he went out of Jericho with his disciples and a great number of people... Blind Bartimaeus, the son of Timaeus, sat by the highway side begging. (coughs) And when he heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth, he began to cry out and say, Jesus, thou son of David, have mercy on me. And many charged him he should hold his peace. But he cried the more a great deal, Thou son of David, have mercy on me. And Jesus stood still and commanded him to be called. And they called the blind man, saying to him, Be of good cheer, be a good comfort, rise. He calls you. And he, casting away his garment, rose and came to Jesus. Now notice, what did did he, what was he looking for? Now, if, you, if we let's just keep reading. Jesus stood so and commanded him. And they called the blind man, Be of good comfort. Rise, he called thee. And he cast away his garment, rose, and came to Jesus. And Jesus answered and said, What will you that I should do unto you? The blind man said unto him, Lord, that I might receive my sight. And Jesus said unto him, Go your way. Thy faith hath made thee whole. And immediately he received his sight and followed Jesus in the way. So notice... What was, was he looking for? I mean, what was the end result? That he received his sight. That he be, be healed, right? What did he ask for, though? He asked for mercy. Lord, have mercy on me. And, and Jesus didn't say, uh, Bartimaeus, I thought you needed healing. He, said, he, he cried the second time. Lord, have mercy On me. And then Jesus didn't, it's interesting, Jesus didn't just say, okay, then be healed. He said, what is it you want me to do? Now, wouldn't you think that that would be a question you wouldn't need to ask? But he's waiting for that confession. He's waiting, what do you need? What do you need from me, he says. He says, Lord, that I might receive my sight. Well, according to your faith, let it be unto you. And immediately, he received his sight and followed Jesus in the way. So so here he is, he says, thou son of David. Now, this is a a term of respect. It's a term of covenant. It's actually, you could say it like this, Savior, healer. Have mercy on me. The Bible tells us over in Matthew chapter 9 about two blind men. Now we see this only in this one uh, account of Matthew. Matthew chapter 9, verse 27. And when Jesus departed thence, two blind men followed him crying and saying, Thou son of David, have mercy on us. So once again, what what do they need? It's obvious that they're, they're blind, they need healing. They say, Lord, have mercy on us. Would it be okay to ask for mercy today? So he says, and you know, there's some things that sometimes we have to repent because we we did things that were not wise. You know, if you, just say if you're outside and you're running around and, uh, or it's, you know, if, if it was like, if I was in here sweating and preaching and, and, uh, I go outside, and it's, it's 20 below, and I just have a T-shirt on. How many of you know that's dumb? You need to stay covered up. Why? Because you, you, you expose yourself. You still have a mortal body. And so sometimes you have to repent of being stupid before God will heal you. Amen. Sometimes you just have to say, Lord, that was dumb. Lord, I'm the one that got my finances in trouble. Um, have mercy on me it's like Pastor Rodney said, he was standing in front of the mirror one time, said, Lord, he said, Lord, show me the devil who's attacking my finances. And he said, look, straight in the mirror. He says, Lord. He said, well, you asked. Why? Because how many know that the the devil doesn't run our credit cards up? The devil doesn't make you go buy something with 200 easy payments. It's, it's, It's us. But sometimes we just say, Lord, have mercy on me. You told me to, to save and I spent. You told me to give and I, and, I, and I squandered it. You told me to do this. Amen. That's when you say, have mercy. Amen. When you don't want to know what else to do, say, have mercy on me. So notice it says, Thou son of David, Savior, healer, is what they're saying. Savior, healer, have mercy on us. And when he was coming to the house, the blind man came to him. So they actually followed Jesus. Jesus, I'm not saying Jesus ignored him, but he kept moving. Jesus went into the house. And then the blind man came to him and they said, Jesus saith unto them, believe ye that I'm able to do this. They said to him, yes, Lord. Then touched he their eyes, saying, according to my power, be it unto you. According to my ability. According to my will. No, according to your faith, be it unto you. See, why is that so important? Because just like the woman with the issue of blood, Mark chapter 5, she, she, she suffered many things and many physicians. When she had heard of Jesus, she came to the press behind, and touched him of his garment said, If I may but touch his clothes, I shall be whole. And immediately the, 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 the hemorrhaging stopped. Jesus, verse 34, says, daughter, thy faith hath made you whole. So here's a revelation for every one of us. A lot of people are waiting on some sovereign move of God. And meanwhile, they're not receiving. But here's the thing. If her faith would make her whole, then my faith will make me whole. God's no respecter of persons. What he did for one, he'll do for another. You see, you may not always get a manifestation of the Spirit, gifts of healings, working of miracles, but the Word always works. God's Word is medicine, the Bible says in Proverbs 4, 20 through 23. Attend to my words, incline your ear to my sayings. Let them not depart from your eyes. Keep them in the midst of your heart. For they, God's words, are life unto those that find them. And health and medicine to all their flesh. So if it's health and medicine to your flesh and, and, and your faith will make you whole, then if you get in this book <coughs> day and night, then it will heal you. We all have to. So notice what he says. According to your faith, be it unto you. And their eyes were opened. And Jesus straightly charged them, saying, see that no man know it. But they, just like other people did, when they were, were departed, they spread about his fame in all that country. So they asked for mercy, and what did they receive? Healing. Can you receive healing that way too? And then I want you to, I want you to turn over to Philippians chapter 2. This is a, a fellow worker of Paul that we see that he was at the point of death. Philippians chapter 2, and verse 24. But I trust in the Lord that I also myself shall come shortly. Yet I suppose it necessary to send unto you Epaphroditus, my brother and companion in labor, and fellow soldier but your messenger, and he that ministered to my wants. For he longed after you all and was full of heaviness because that you had heard that he had been sick. For indeed he was sick nigh in the death. But God had mercy on him. And not on him only, but on me also. Lest I should have sorrow upon sorrow. How many know that when, when God heals someone, not only are they healed, but it also, it, it also does something for you as well. Maybe if it was someone that um, was a friend or a, or a loved one. Well, th- them living affects you as well. So Paul said, I would have had sorrow upon sorrow, but God had mercy on him and on me also. Now, it's obvious from what Epaphroditus, we'll call him Brother Epi. uh, What what happened with Epi is he had overworked. And the Bible says not regarding his life. How many know you can overwork yourself physically? Maybe maybe it was like a heat stroke. Maybe it it was something like, like that. But see, he had this thing going on where he overworked. And so he said that he was sick nigh unto death, but God had mercy on him, and not on him only, but on me also, lest I should have sorrow upon sorrow. I send him, therefore, the more carefully that when you see him again, you may rejoice, and that I may be the less sorrowful. Receive him, therefore, in the Lord, with all gladness and hold such in reputation because for the work of Christ he was nigh in the death <clears throat> not regarding his life to supply your lack of service towards me so you know there's. we still have to remember we have a mortal body and, and we, you can't overwork your body you can't just run it ragged you can't run it to to where you're working 20 hours a day indefinitely. Amen. God still has natural laws. Well, I'm just going to believe that God sets that aside. Well, God can set some things aside, but there's there's times where you have to rest. The Bible says, Jesus said, come ye apart for a little while. Take a rest. Even Jesus would get away. But, but, of course, they would always find him and say, I mean, we would see where, where Jesus would perform miracles and then he would get away. Then we would see where, where multitudes would come on foot and try to um, get to him. And the Bible says he would have compassion on them. So that's, that's the greatest, that greatest attribute of, of Jesus, his, his deity, uh, his humanity, everything that was enveloped in his ministry is mercy. Mercy. It's the mercy of God. And I could look at other scriptures, but all throughout the New Testament, all throughout the Old Testament, what do we see? We see the mercy of God in demonstration. You know, j- just, just the fact, you know, if, if, you'll, if you'll base everything in your believing, if you base everything you receive more as far as a mercy than you trying to work for something, you'll receive a lot more. Well, you know, I'm just trying to be right. I'm trying to do this. You know, a lot of people come on their they come on their own merit. How many remember um, the Bible talks about Naaman? Now, it's interesting when you read about Naaman because here he was, and, and he's, he's a man that's great, a man that that's, um, has some, some notoriety. And here he is. He needs a healing. Now, he goes to the prophet, shows up at the prophet's house. And uh, when you read this, it's so amazing because he, he shows up and says, um, you know, wanting to be healed. And he shows up, and the the Bible says he thought that the man of God was going to come out. One thing that you always notice with mercy is humility. Anytime you have humility, you'll receive mercy. Anytime you want mercy, you have to humble yourself. And so we see um, he shows up, and he says that that they said, go and, and, and... Dip in the Jordan seven times. The Bible says he was wroth. He was upset. And so, you know, Tabasco sauce is coming up his legs. And so, you know, he, he's, he's really mad. And, and his, his, his partner there, his, 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 the man that works for him says, Sir, you know, if, if he would have asked you to do a hard thing, you, you would have done it. We were prepared to do all these things. And, and wouldn't you have done it? So here he is, he's, he's hot, you know. And then a few minutes later, he, he turns to him and says, Hey, I think we should go over that Jordan. You know, if we were prepared to do something strong and, and, and do something, you know, big. I think we just ought to go over there. Yes, sir, I, th- I think so. You know, a lot of people, if it's their, if it's their idea, then they'll do it, you know. He goes over, dips seven times. The fifth time he still has leprosy. The sixth time. The seventh time though it's just like when Jesus said launch out into the deep. That seventh time he goes out and the Bible says he returns his, his flesh is just like a child. That was all in obedience. So mercy and obedience always go together. When When you say Lord have mercy on me okay then the Lord will forgive you, but then he'll, he'll give you direction as well. This is what I want you to do. This is where, what I want you to. Many times, so you don't get into the same predicament. Many times, so you'll, you'll get into a place where um, that obedience will keep you. Can you say amen? amen. Say this with me. Lord, Lord. have mercy. On me. See, if you'll make, you'll make everything about being a gift, you won't try to strive for it. You're healing. Well, you know, the Lord, the Lord why didn't the Lord heal so and so? Because, you know, they're a good person. And they're a good Christian person. Well, what, what's being a good Christian person have to do with being healed? See, we have to come back to, it's by grace through faith. It's by mercy. It's like I heard one minister saying, you know, they, they were asking that question, and, and this other person, kind of under their breath, they were saying, well, you know, God, you should heal me because I'm, I'm the most faithful. I'm the most this. God's not obligated to do anything for a person like that. You come by the basis of the blood. You know, that's why it's good, even like for a, for a healing line. When you're praying for people for healing, To sing songs like, On the Basis of the Blood. Why? Because God's not going to heal me because I'm a good person. God's not going to save me just because, you know, I'm a certain kind of person. He does everything because of Jesus. Because of His blood. Because of His mercy. So when you get into a place in life when you don't know what to do, and you, you know when things are your fault. You know, that's the thing that stings the most, isn't it? when you know it was your fault you know when I know that it was me it was nobody else not my friend not my brother not my mother it was me what do I do you come up and say God have mercy on me you know it's interesting when you read the Bible because Ahab is a, is a prime example how many remember Ahab the Bible says he had a wife named Jezebel never name your, your child Jezebel and, um, but the Bible says that there was none so wicked as him, who his wife incited, you know, that she, she stirred him up to do evil. And so there was judgment passed on Ahab. And it wasn't good. The, the announcement was made what was going to happen, what was going to happen to Jezebel. The Bible says that he cried out, he repented in, in sackcloth and ashes. Now, I'll tell you, when you start putting ashes on your head, you're getting real serious. I don't know about you, but I've, I've, I've repented over things in my life really strongly. But I've never put ashes on my head. And so we see that, that God, he, he, he turns and he says, this thing that I was going to do to Ahab, I'm not going to do it anymore. But I'll bring it in the next generation. He said, do you see how Ahab humbleth himself? There's something about humbling yourself. There's something about bowing your heart. This, one of the, um, the prophets in the Old Testament told the people, rend your heart, not your garment. They're all making a show and, you know, oh God, oh God, you know. And, but their heart was far from God. He said, rend your heart. Do something with your heart. Don't just do something in the natural. Amen. If you can do that, if you can get that place of humility... The Bible says that that, draw nigh to me and I'll draw nigh to you. Why do I say that? Because there is humility and healing that go together. There's humility and and answers in life. There's humility and mercy. And, and, you know, if you you ask when God gives you mercy, it'll make up for everything else you don't know. It'll make up for everything that you're lacking in life. Can you say amen? Amen. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus, for your mercy. Come on, just thank the Lord for his mercy. Father, we thank you for your mercy today. We thank you, Lord, that we come by the basis of the blood. That, Lord, it's not because of how good we have been, but how good you are. We thank you, Lord, that by the blood of Jesus, we are saved. By the blood of Jesus, we're forgiven. By the blood of Jesus, Lord, we're healed. By the blood of Jesus, Lord, we're redeemed. We thank you, Lord, that that blood shall never lose its power. The blood shall never lose its power. And we thank you for that, Lord. We thank you that, Lord, 2,000 years ago, that you died on the cross, and that mercy was shown, it was made evident by Jesus Christ of Nazareth. And Lord, that that blood never loses its power. That even today, Lord, that blood still flows from Calvary.